0: Hello and welcome to the My VA Dayton podcast, coming to you from Dayton, Ohio. This is the show where we talk with veterans in the Western Ohio region to share their stories and share what's happening at the Dayton VA Medical Center. I'm Scott Lease, your host with co-host Greg Tucker. And we have with us today a veteran from the Dayton area, United States Marine Corps veteran Jeffrey Henderson. He entered the military in the summer of 2000, right after graduating from Beaver Creek High School. After graduating from boot camp at Paris Island, Jeffrey began his service as a rifleman with the 3rd Battalion, 2nd Marines. During Jeffrey's enlistment, he served in Iraq, Afghanistan, Japan, and Africa. After multiple combat deployments, Jeffrey decided to leave the military and pursue his civilian education. Once out of the military, he saw how many veterans struggled with life after military service, and Jeffrey made it his goal to do whatever he could to help. Jeffrey began his career as a County Veterans Service Officer in 2011 with the Clark County Veterans Office. After several years there, he took a position with the Greene County Veterans Office to be closer to home, Great to see you here today, Jeffrey. Thank
1: you very much for having
0: me. We are so thrilled to have you with us today. Before we get to know more about you, though, we're going to put you to the test. That's right. It's time to play Don't Tell Me, I Think I Know That. This is the game where we put our guests to the test of their knowledge of military trivia. A game where listeners can play along to see if their minds are mired in mounds of military minutiae as ours are. Are you ready to take this challenge, Jeffrey? Absolutely. All right. I think you're going to do great. So here's your first question. uh, Where is the oldest Marine Corps base in the United States? Would it be at A, Camp Lejeune, B, Camp Pendleton, C, Camp Swab, or D, Camp Quantico?
1: Hmm. I say Camp Pendleton.
0: That's correct. Known as the 1st Marine Division is the oldest, largest, and most decorated Marine Division headquartered at Camp Pendleton, California. Now, here's your second question. From the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli, What is this song? Would it be A, Marine's birthday song, B, Marine's victory cry, C, Marine's hymn, or D, ready to fight battle hymn?
1: It's going to be the Marine's hymn.
0: That is correct. You're doing great. The Marines Hymn is the official hymn of the United States Marine Corps, introduced by the first director of the U.S. Marine Corps band, Francisco Maria Scala. Its music originated from an 1867 work by Jacques Offenbach, with the lyrics added by an anonymous author at an unknown time in the following years. Authorized by the commander of the Marine Corps in 1929 is the oldest official song in the United States Armed Forces. The Marines hymn is typically sung at the position of attention as a gesture of respect. However, the third verse is also used as a toast during formal events such as the birthday ball and other ceremonies. Now, here's your final question. You're doing great. Let's see if you get three for three in this now. Who was the first commissioned officer in the U.S. Marines? Would it be A, Captain Rusty Rowe, B, Captain Sean Carbani, C, Lieutenant Frank Hill, or D, Major Samuel Nicholas? Would it be?
1: Major Samuel Nichols.
0: That's right. A portrait of Major Samuel Nicholas. The first, command, the first commandant of the Marine Corps in 1775. The two battalions of the Continental Marines officially became resolved when Congress issued the first commission to Captain Samuel Nicholas on 28 November 1775. So, Greg, what has he won today for playing our game?
2: For answering all those questions correctly, we have a set of four Dayton VA industrial strip chip clips designed by NASA's aerospace engineers to keep your chips crisp on your next stellar space journey or wherever you may be traveling in the near future. All compliments of the Dayton VA.
0: So congratulations, Jeffrey. I hope you really uh, enjoy those chip clips. I bet you've never seen those before.
1: No, I will cherish them.
0: That's great. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break now. When we come back, we'll hear more from Jeffrey about what he's doing. Uh, doing with Green County area.
3: Our veterans put everything on the line to protect our freedom. We may never be able to repay them for their sacrifice, but we can show them just how much we appreciate all they've done. Every day, hundreds of people just like you volunteer to help our veterans. You can help by simply sharing your time, lending a warm smile, a supportive hand, or a sympathetic ear to someone who needs it. Everyone can do something to make our veterans know how much we appreciate their service. What will you do?
4: The Dayton VA changed my life. There was a time I was jobless and homeless, didn't know where to turn for help. I felt like there was no hope for me. Then I learned about the Dayton VA. They helped me find the help I needed to get back on track. I received support, got a job, found a place to live. I got my life back. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. To enroll, call 937-268-6511, extension 5336, or visit dayton.va.gov.
3: This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Veterans service organizations, often known as VSOs, offer many services for veterans and their families. To learn more, go to va.gov. And now
0: we're back with Marine Corps veteran Jeffrey Henderson. So, Jeffrey, tell us, what inspired you to volunteer with the Marines? Well, I uh, always
1: kind of wanted to help people uh, growing up. Uh, and one of the events we had at school, uh, an actual uh, Marine showed up uh, to to the school, uh, and full dress uniform. Uh, when I saw that, I was like, oh, I really like that yeah, uniform. They, they look
0: sharp, especially the, out of all the services, I think the, the sharpest looking guys are the Marines in their snappy uniform.
1: Yeah, it, it kind of was the the driving force, uh, <laughs> honestly, with that. Uh, and uh, through a turn of fate, I was actually going to join the Army, uh, and through just a weird twist of fate, it worked out that I ended up coming back to the Marines, and that's, that's history. You that's, were hooked. Yep.
0: All right. Well, so did you just like automatically follow the recruiter to the
1: recruiting station after that? Or what? K- kind of. Uh, well, it was. Uh, so, again, I was supposed to join the army um, and through just a scheduling conflict and everything else. Uh, my recruiter actually never showed up. Uh, so I ended up uh, was kind of up at the recruiting station waiting for somebody to show up and nobody was there. And the Marine recruiter just happened to happen to be there. I <was> like, yeah, <laughs> said, hey, uh, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? Was, Absolutely. Let's let's talk. Yeah. So, that so the rest is history.
0: So what what happened in that conversation? What what was the determining factor right then and there?
1: He kind of, he, he was pretty blunt, pretty straightforward, didn't try and sell me anything. Um, I wanted to go infantry. Um, and he said, absolutely, I can, I can make sure you go <laughs> infantry. Uh,
0: I'll bet. Yeah, so, I don't think yeah, a whole lot of people yeah. are in line for that one.
1: So um, yeah, he was pretty straightforward. He said, uh, when would you like to go? I said, well, as soon as I graduate, I want to leave that, you know, that next day. And so I said, all right, I can make that happen.
0: Wow, eager and, beaver. So, uh, so. I still had a whole
1: year of high school left. I was, I actually turned uh, 18 my junior year of high school. So I had a whole year. So went went up there without my parents' permission because um, I was 18. I didn't need my parents' permission. So...
0: And how did that fly?
1: Uh, at first, it was really, uh, it was not um, not a happy conversation right, uh, with my parents, but um, it, my whole family's military. Um, so it goes back quite a... Quite a few generations military so once once i explained that's really what i wanted to do um mm-hmm. and this wasn't just a, a whim kind of deal um it was it was much under now they love it they wouldn't have it any other way
0: so you say there's a, a strong uh a family tie to the military what, what service was your dad in uh
1: navy um uncle's navy grandfather's navy all the way back navy yeah so so that was kind of the greg's the, you know, navy the... <laughs> greg's the, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's great yeah I was the the weird one in the family that went Marine Corps. So, um, and that was another whole
0: <laughs> thing. So tell us about your experience uh, in the Marines. Uh,
1: it, was, it was an interesting, I wouldn't change a thing. Uh, I enjoyed it, uh, you know, for the most part. I met a lot of great people. Um, I did a lot of great things that um, not a lot of people can say they saw. Um, you know, there were some bad times, some things that, you know, uh, I didn't particularly enjoy. Um, but again, it, it's, it made me who I am today, um, so I, would, I don't think I would change a thing.
0: Right. So what were the bad times for you?
1: Uh, well, you know, we, I was an infantry unit and I was in the Marines, uh, so we did see quite a bit of combat. Um, you know, we were in the first uh, initial push in Iraq, um, so that was really our first, um, you know, my unit's first experience in any sort of combat or anything else. Uh, and then same thing in Afghanistan, you know, it was just a, you know, with being in an infantry unit, it was very, uh, we were a high pace, constantly Mm -hmm. deployed. Right. Um, I didn't spend a whole lot of time in Lejeune, um, even though that's where I was actually technically stationed. We didn't stay there a lot. Most of the time we were deployed. Right. Um, so it was, you know, those times were a little bit rough, but I, uh, I had a lot of good friends. Um, we had a lot of good experiences. Yeah.
0: I think that's uh, one of the things that uh, older veterans really don't understand is that when you're talking about post 9-11 veterans and the the amount of deployments uh, that they're on that, you know, you, like you said, you're stationed at Camp Lejeune, but you, you probably spent less time at Camp Lejeune overall than you did everywhere else, because, you know, uh, that's that's what veterans from that era uh experience it's it's not like okay i'm gonna go to the war and stay in the war uh, and then come back after a certain window you just keep going back rotation after rotation Mm -hmm. so what was your most memorable experience in the marines
1: i think uh graduation was probably one of the one of the most memorable um it was it was one of those where um, a lot of people that you know because I'm, I'm a little bit of when i joined i was a little bit of a smaller guy and um you know i was in band in high school and I'm like really you're gonna join the marines so there was a lot of people that I don't, I don't think you're gonna be able to do it so when i finally graduated and received my eagle globe and anchor uh at the graduation ceremony it was it was kind of that moment where i was like i can do anything at this point um, yeah so yeah. that was that was one and you know just every kind of step through my my Uh, time in the Marine Corps, it was, it was just, there's so many, um, you know, where it was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, My first time on ship when we're out in the middle of the ocean and you look out and you see your first sunset when there's absolutely nothing out there. It was, I mean, no words Um, or looking up at the stars at night and there's no other lights, everything. And it's the brightest you've ever seen the stars. It's, uh, it was amazing.
2: It's a beautiful
0: sight. It is. It really is. Was it the first time you've actually really seen the Milky Way?
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, it was, I've never seen, like, I've never seen the stars that, that, you know, vibrant.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, for those, those of us who are city dwellers, it's the light pollution is really something else that, you know, you don't get to see that, that even sunsets, uh, like, like you Mm -hmm. say out there where there's uh,
2: no interference in the atmosphere to see. The only thing that's different. And that is when you, uh, hit those swells as hmm. far as out at sea. Uh, I was a Navy corpsman, so when we would go aboard a LST and we would hit those swells, uh, a lot of people missed a lot of meals. There yeah. was <laughs> involuntary fasting going on. Yeah, yep. It took a
1: little while to get used to that kind of stuff, uh, for sure.
2: Now, Jeff, are you uh, still in touch as far as with some of your old um, shipmates or we are we them um, shipmates but yeah you know, marines, not, uh, marines
1: yeah we are i we are uh we talk um not as much as i'd like um but you know now we're we're all in our 40s you know so we families and you know you get into that routine but it's still as soon as we we start talking it's like we never miss a beat you know it's like we pick up right where we left off and you know it's it's, so we might not talk for a couple of years but then as soon as we do uh you know it's it's automatically we're right back into like nothing nothing changed um you know unfortunately though with that a lot of times it seems like um you know when we do get together, it's because it, it's a, you know, something a tragedy. You know, we've had a one of our one of our friends, you know, commit suicide or something like that. So a lot of times, you know, as as bad as that sounds, it seems like anymore that's when we get together um as a group is usually through some sort of tragedy like that.
0: It's like family. You mm-hmm. only get together during weddings and funerals. So it, it is. Like, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So Jeff, what were some of the most uh, I would say important skills that you brought back from the Marine Corps, from your service?
1: I think uh, resiliency is one for sure. Um, you know, it's. I think that's a hugely important, you know, uh, trait to have. And I think the Marines uh, definitely helped instill that in me. Um, you know, just being able to, uh, you know, push through, um, you know, and, and get the job done. Uh, that was a huge one. Um, You know, just making sure accountability is another one. Um, You know, that's uh, hugely important, I think, in in anything we do Uh, and just being respectful. Um,
2: How was it when you came back into the world? Because a lot of times the military is a whole different world. Hmm. Now you're coming back into the civilian world.
1: It was interesting. Uh, I got out in 2004, uh, right toward 2004, 2005. Uh, And it was kind of during that transition period where, um, you know, you would just be there one week and then you'd be out of the military the next and now they had it was they still had like seps and taps so you'd go through these kind of you know but it was still in the infancy nothing was really it was oh, you can go if you want but it's just going to you're going to be here longer so it, it, now it's it's required where you know you have to go through seps and taps you have to speak to a VA rep you mm-hmm. have to do all when i got out it was it was kind of optional and they didn't really enforce it Um, So I think it was the transition period was kind of kind of tricky for me Um, when I got out. uh, Luckily, I had a really good support system, uh, friends and family, um, you know, were able to help me a little bit through that. Um, But it was it was definitely tricky. It was it was I think I was I got back from Afghanistan. Um, I was home at Lejeune anyway for three weeks um, and I thought I was going to be able to coast out and all right this will be great and then I was told well no we've got a new cadre of uh, Marines that you're gonna you're gonna go because you know we need guys with combat experience to kind of b- help work them up to to be able to go so I thought I was going to be able to kind of relax and do all that no but it was right up until like I think oh three four days before I got out I was I was helping train new Marines <laughs> that it just came to our unit so it was it was a little bit it was interesting
2: if you can go back in time what would you tell young jeff
1: ooh i'd probably take care tell myself to take care of myself better um so so i don't hurt so bad at 40. um you know i feel you know snap crackle and pop every morning i wake up so i probably would tell myself you know just maybe stretch a little bit more and you know drink more water
0: Well, we're going to take another break now. Uh, When we come back, we'll hear more from Jeffrey and his story.
3: This is a message from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. If you were exposed to toxic substances while serving in the military, a new law called the PACT Act may make you eligible for additional benefits and care. The PACT Act benefits veterans of the Vietnam era, Gulf War era, and post 9 11 era who were exposed to toxic fumes, burn pits, Agent Orange, radiation, and other environmental hazards. Survivors of toxic exposed veterans, and veterans who served in specific countries in Africa, the Middle East, and Southwest Asia, are also potentially eligible. Learn more about the PACT Act by going to va.gov pact, or by calling 1-800-MY-VA-411. We at VA are here for you, and we're ready to get you the care and benefits you've earned and deserve. I'm Mike Richmond.
0: And we're back with Marine Corps veteran Jeffrey Henderson. So, Jeff, um, you know, you were talking about your uh, Marine service and your combat duty uh, and, uh, you know, supporting the, the efforts post 9-11. Um, tell us, uh, if you could, um, your experience now that you're now that you're out, now that you're um, getting care through the VA, uh, have you filed a claim for uh, benefits through the PACT Act?
1: Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, I had some respiratory issues um, going on. That um, you know, the VA has been been great with taking care of me. Um, Did you
0: know it was in relation to your service uh, overseas? Not really.
1: Um, you know, it was it was one of those. I mean, you know, who knows really what caused it initially? Um, but now that now that the Pact Act has been signed, um, I think last August, uh, yes, uh, when all of that took took place, it was like, wow, okay. Um, and, you know, I, I work as a service officer for Green County uh, Veterans Office. And so we kind of knew that, you know, I, I, I see the same kind of claims. So it's like, oh, okay, this makes sense that now it's on the list of presumptives mm-hmm. for that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For our listeners who may not know about the PACT Act, uh, that was legislation that was signed by President Biden back in August of last year. Uh, and it is the Promise to Address Comprehensive Toxins Act, which uh, is, it's not just for post 9-11. I mean, it goes all the way back to Korea, Vietnam, Agent Orange, etc., uh, other other issues uh, or other opportunities of service that uh, veterans have performed, where they now might have a presumptive condition that's that is um, associated with their military service, and that's the big difference with the PACT Act for for care through the VA is that previously you had to have uh, proof that your condition. Uh, was connected to your service, hence the the term service-connected disability. Um, with this Pact Act, if you have a condition, it's presumed you got the condition through your service. If you were uh, uh, providing you know military service, you were you were doing your duty in certain theaters of operation. Uh, and we encourage anyone who, like Jeff, uh, has has issues, uh, may not even be enrolled in the VA, uh, to actually uh, Go to uh, go to the website. Go to www.va.gov/pact. That's www.va.gov/pact, and you'll see there the list of all the theaters of operation and all the presumptive conditions that qualify veterans uh, for uh, benefits through the PACT Act. And we really do encourage everyone. I'm sure that you. Uh, especially being a VSO, have that opportunity to tell those those veterans who come in your office about that. Uh, how, how often do you talk to people who aren't even aware that that, that option is there?
1: Yeah, all the time. Uh, we've run into it where, um, and, and usually it's that, and through our conversations as, as VSOs, um, we'll, we'll have a conversation. It's not even necessarily about anything PACT Act related or, you know, exposure to to Agent Orange, anything like that. Well, we'll be having a conversation about a veteran ID card. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, through me just kind of talking with the veteran, you know, something, we'll say something about, oh, well, you know, when I was in, you know, here in Vietnam, and then I say, okay, oh, well, tell me, tell me a little more about that. And then so we start talking about other stuff. And then by the end of it, you know, we might have six or seven conditions that the veteran had no idea were related to exposure to Agent Orange. And then now we have a claim. And now we have something that we can... The veteran can go to the Dayton VA and get seen for um, potentially file a claim for uh, you know service connected disability I mean so that it opens up the door to, to all and they had no idea right um, absolutely yep.
0: and and while we talk here more about health care than anything else uh, you know that PACT Act actually opens up benefits far beyond just health care benefits it's actually um uh, full benefits for veterans uh, throughout throughout the VA, but also survivors as well. Correct. So, yeah. um, that's something we want to make sure our listeners are aware of. So, uh, yeah, it, we highly encourage everyone to, to learn more about the PACT Act because it is so new. Uh, people still aren't aware of it and want to make sure that every veteran is educated about that
2: and takes that opportunity. So, Jeff, how did you come about becoming a VSO? Okay.
1: Um, Yeah. So uh, as I, once I got out of the military, uh, out of the Marines, uh, like I said, I, I I had a a fairly decent support system. Uh, A lot of my friends didn't. That's the reason they joined the military in the first place. They wanted to get, get out of where they were. Um, So when they got out of the military, they went back and they didn't have anybody. Um, So I saw a lot of them struggle and, you know, it, it wasn't that the resources weren't necessarily there, but they they just didn't know how to connect to them. So there, was all, there were a whole bunch of, there were a lot of factors that, that went into that. Um, so I kind of, I was like, well, I think I really want to, I can do this. I, I have the means to help. Um, you know, I want my education to go that way. So I, I thought, okay, I can do this. I can be some sort of a veterans representative, whether it was through the VA or whatever. This is what I want to do. And kind of a, another weird just twist of fate, um, I was working at a place in, in Miamisburg, um, and I just happened to get an email that that I don't even know how I got it, but it said something about Clark County Veterans Office. Uh, and I said, oh, that sounds really interesting. So I ended up looking at the job advertisement and I said, you know what, I I, I I can do this. And I applied for it and got the job. Um and so through that, I realized uh, my first week on the job. I realized this this is what I want to do. This is absolutely, you know, I, I get so so much fulfillment helping veterans uh, and their families that this is this is what I was meant to do. And so that's that's kind of how I got got started. I can't see myself doing anything different.
0: So what's the typical day for a veteran service officer?
1: Well, it depends. It's pretty varied. Um, you know, we sometimes we'll probably (laughs)
0: never the same day (laughs) it is it is
1: um you know and with the pact act it changed a lot too like we do see quite a bit of uh veterans that are inquiring about the pact act you know they 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 might have heard about it but they don't know a lot of the details or you know they were at the vfw and you know bob that's sitting on the chair next to him you know happened to mention something and so it's kind of one of those where they'll come in and they'll say hey tell me about the pact act or it could be they know exactly what you know what they're looking for uh, a lot of times, you know, as you mentioned earlier, uh, survivors will we'll see a lot of uh, widows, widowers that, you know, their, their significant other was in the uh, military and passed away. And so they're inquiring about whether it's burial benefits or, you know, actual survivors uh, benefits like uh, dependency and identity compensation, something like that. Um, so it's it's kind of all over the place. Uh, I will say lately it has been mostly PACT Act, but by, by no means is that the, uh, the only thing Now, Jeff,
2: you have an event that's coming up also.
1: Oh, yes, sir. Um, So uh, one of the things that over the past year and a half um, that we realized, it was kind of, you know, COVID era uh, really brought it to our attention. We realized there was a gap between uh, what our office uh, was able to provide and uh, services through the VA or other community uh, mental health providers. Uh, oftentimes, through our conversations with veterans, we would, we would uncover these, these conditions that um, a lot of mental health where, you know, for years, they had never discussed it with anybody. And then they're in our office, and we're filing a claim for service-connected disability, and they, they divulge this information to us. Well, in the past, we would say, oh, you know, we would help them file their claim and everything, but we're not, we weren't trained to provide that mental health care or support. So we would say, oftentimes, well, here, Here's the VA's number. Call them and, and discuss it. Well, uh, I'm a veteran. I know how it works. I'm not going to call that number. Um, you know, a lot of time, mostly. Uh, you know, oh, cool. Thanks. Great. And then that I'd walk out of the office, and that was the end of it. So we we I didn't like that. Our the staff at Green County didn't. We didn't like how that was going. And that that's not how we wanted. We wanted it to be complete. You know, um, care. So we we initiated this program. Um, our our peer recovery support program. Uh, and originally it was like, okay, well, how can we, how can we help? How can we, you know, the veterans in our community need, need something. What can we do to, to help that? Um, and that was kind of the, the, the infancy of, of what our program is now. Um, so over the course of a year and a half, uh, myself and my uh, partner uh, at Green County, uh, Tim Penartz, uh came up with the warrior resiliency team. And so the Warrior Resiliencies team mission is to provide uh, support uh, to service members, veterans, and their families uh, in the highest time of need. Um, so we will prov- we're both uh, peer recovery supporters. So if we have veterans that. Um, want to talk to somebody we don't provide therapeutic care but we will you know help them get connected to those services um you know we've we've made really good connections with the dayton va uh the mental health providers there uh wanda thane ortiz has been instrumental in helping us you know connect to those resources um so right now uh we have a veteran that's in crisis we can usually get them taken care of you know relatively quickly, Um, whereas before we we really don't know where to send, you know, how about you just drive out to the, you know, now we can, I can call somebody and get them seen relatively quick, Um, at least have that warm handoff. Um, So one of the big things that with the Warrior Resiliency Team um, is our our kickoff event. We've finally gotten everything ready to go. And now we're we're having our launch event, which is going to be July 8th at uh, Caesars Ford Park um, in Xenia. Uh, the event goes from 12 to four that day. It's going to be a big backyard barbecue. Um, we're going to have backyard Olympics, prizes, food, uh, stuff for the kids. Um, so it's kind of an all, you know, bring your whole family out, have a good time.
0: Sounds great. That's uh, that sounds like a really good thing. So we're going to take another break. Now, when we come back, we'll hear more from Jeffrey and his story.
4: I was in the military. I didn't know that when I left, I was eligible for health care through the VA. I thought you had to be disabled or been wounded. Another vet told me I should check it out. Now I have the care I need at the Dayton VA. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet, and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. Call 937-268-6511, extension 2159 to enroll, or visit dayton.va.gov.
3: This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. If you're having a tough time or thinking about suicide, you're not alone, and there's hope. VA's Veterans Crisis Line has responders who listen and help. Many are veterans or have veteran family members and friends, so they're prepared to address your challenges. Don't wait, dial 988, then press one.
0: And we're back with Marine Corps veteran Jeffrey Henderson. So, Jeff, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about your experience with the Dayton VA. You know, I know mean, you work very closely with them as a VSO, but tell us about your personal experience as uh, someone who's uh, received service from the Dayton VA. Definitely.
1: Um, so I, I recommend the Dayton VA to all of my clients that come in, all the veterans I see. Um, I've had nothing but great experiences at the Dayton VA. Um, you know, they, they treat me for, uh, some service connected conditions, um, that injuries I sustained while I was in service. Um, and you know, I'm not ashamed to admit to, I've gone out there for their, uh, mental health, uh, treatment and that's been instrumental in, uh, you know, helping me, uh, to the point where I am now. Um,
0: very common for someone from your era of military service, uh, more and more people are, uh, taking advantage of that, uh, of that service and those programs out there.
1: It's it's been great. Um, You know, I I tried and with different places in the community, um, you know, just various uh, things. And I I find myself always going back to the Dayton VA um, for that. And that's uh, nothing but great experiences. Right?
0: You know, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, your peers and suicide and and mental health issues. Um, And I think it's probably uh, a good thing that we talk to our listeners about uh, the fact that there are Services out at the Dayton VA, but if there's anybody who's in crisis, um, they should also know that we have a uh, a new uh, hotline to call, which is nine eight eight. All you have to do is press nine eight eight, and you can go directly to the suicide prevention hotline or mental health hotline. Anytime you need any help whatsoever, you just need somebody to talk to. Just dial nine eight eight because there are people there that that understand the specific and uh, and and very unique needs that veterans have um, and and especially when they're in a crisis like that so um, encourage everyone to remember 988
1: and it's been we've used it a couple of times you know fortunately or unfortunately however you look at it but it's always been a great we've used it a couple of times and it has worked out um, great for
0: uh, it's unfortunate that there's a need for it but it's very fortunate that it's there exactly
1: Exactly. And it's been the, the few times we've had to use it though. It's been, it's been amazing.
0: Yeah. So, you know, you talked earlier about the TAPS program, the transition assistance program and, and some other stuff that you had to go through or were highly encouraged to go through when you were departing the military. Um, but it, it, it was not, it you, like you said, now it's mandatory now and, and it's not just encouraged. Uh, so, uh, Veterans that are departing the military have a little bit more education about what the VA offers. But um, how did you find out about the VA? Uh, I actually, uh,
1: through the, the Clark County Veterans Office, um, that's when I initially got uh, started. Uh, the, one of the service officers up there um, when I was a, a rookie, uh, kept asking me every day if I had filed a claim or talked to anybody at the at the VA. And I said, no, I'm, not. I'm fine. You know, I, at the time, I was, you know, in my in my 20s. I was like, I'm fine. I don't need any. I'm good. I'm fine. Every day he'd come in. And um, he was a, he was an old, old Marine machine gunner from Vietnam. And uh, so every day I'd tell him, no, I didn't file anything. Uh, he'd find something in my office to throw at me. Um, <laughs> you know, luckily, I didn't have a lot of hard stuff in my office. Uh, I kind of got smart about that. But um, so every day he'd come and, did you file your claim yet? Or did you talk to anybody at the VA? And no, uh, I haven't done it. Yeah. So one day, finally, I just said, all right, I will you sit down with me. We'll figure this out. So he sat down with me and we said, okay, here's where you need to go for this. You know, and, yeah. I, and I mean, that's, that's great. Cause if I'm, if I'm telling my clients to go in and, and do, I need to be able to walk the walk. Um, sure. So absolutely. You know, I could tell them all about it, but if I hadn't experienced it, uh, that's and not, that's and good. I would
0: I would guess that that's a pretty common experience uh, with veterans that, that they are very um, resilient, uh, self-reliant. Uh, you're taught to be that way in the military. And so you you never say, hey, I need help or, oh, I need anything, especially mm-hmm. when you're 20 something, because you are invincible. Exactly. But uh, but it's it's really good to have somebody uh, like yourself or like your friend who kept going back and saying, no, you really need to take advantage of these benefits. You've earned it, dude, go get it. Yep. Uh, so um, now that, now that you had somebody make that effort, uh, what is, what is it about the Dayton VA that you find um, unique for veterans? Uh,
1: well, the, the, they, they know veterans. Uh, that's, that's one of the big things. Um, you know, when I was seeking uh, primary care, like through civilian providers and stuff, nothing against them, but uh, certain things I'd have to explain to them because they just don't understand it. Um, you know, uh, I was involved in a, uh, IED, um, big big explosion, got my, my bell rattled. Um, and so having to explain that to my doc, my primary care doctor who doesn't a doctor is a doctor, but didn't really understand the whole experience um with that. Whereas my VA doctor, she knew. Um, she because she's experienced before and has been able to talk to those and kind of knew that, well, oh, maybe we need to send you to this specialist or that where it's, you know, kind of with the other doctor, they don't really have much experience in that in that certain circumstance. But my VA doctor who has and not her first rodeo, knew, mm-hmm. okay, well, here, here's where, let's get you with this doctor, and we'll run these tests, and here's what I think needs to
0: happen. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: So what are some of the things that, um, with your experience, what are some of the things that prevent uh, young veterans from utilizing those benefits?
1: So I think uh, what we've run into a lot with our office, um, kind of like what was mentioned before, is you know, well, there's there's other people that need it more than I do, um, which I uh, I know that excuse because I've used that too, and you know, but it's the same one I hear over and over. Well, those benefits are there, um, you know. Registering at the Dayton VA actually helps. You know, even if you don't plan on using it, which I don't know why you wouldn't want to use it, but even if you don't plan on using it, it helps the entire community. Um, so I always recommend, you know, getting even if you don't think you're going to use it, go register get registered for the Dayton VA. That's the, that's the most important
0: part. Absolutely. Um, that's one of the common threads we hear um, when we're out in the field talking to veterans is that's like, oh, no, I, I'm good. I don't deserve it. Besides, I don't want to take those benefits away from other veterans. And what they don't realize is that that's how the VA gets its funding is by the number of veterans it treats. So if you are not... Um, enrolling uh, with the VA for health care, you're actually shorting the VA some funding from federal funding because yep. we don't have that number. You know, we get a certain uh, percentage or a certain dollar amount for every veteran that, that is enrolled. So if you're not using that, it, that money is actually going to other veterans to care for other veterans. So yes, we, we keep telling other veterans, yeah, if you don't need it, great, still enroll for your fellow veterans. Yep,
1: Exactly.
2: And Do you feel that intimidation, uh, or that they may be a little intimidated about the process of enroll?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think uh, you know, it's kind of the with veterans. Veterans talk to to other veterans, um, and you know, that's a good thing, <laughs> and it's a bad. <laughs> yeah, it is exactly. Um, you know, and and there's. I don't want to say stereotyping with the the VA, but a lot of times they'll say, "Well, I heard from so and so that it's right. horrible." Well, no, no, that you know they might have had a bad experience, but you can have a bad experience anywhere. Um, and I tell them my experiences, um, and I mean, very, very rarely do. It. Is it something where there's been, you know? Multiple bad experiences, and once they try it, and they say, "You know what? This is amazing. I can go, and I can go get my classes. I can go get my hearing aids. I can go get all of this right at one big facility, and they have everything there." It's so once they realize that, and I think that it kind of where they, you know. Uh, kind of just try it that's the that's the biggest thing once they once they do that they say you know what you're right this this
0: is amazing right and and it's not just the one facility we actually have uh four va clinics uh around the area too so that makes it more convenient for folks uh sometimes you do have to go to the big facility here in dayton but there's also facilities out in lima richmond springfield and in middletown as well uh, for the convenience of our veterans, and um, the community care too. Uh, absolutely, that's, I use
1: community care uh, for for some of my conditions, and it's right. it's amazing.
0: Yeah, a lot of people uh, won't go to the VA because they already have a primary care physician out in the community, and they're afraid that they're ne- they're going to lose that community care, and that's not always the case. Sometimes you uh, can continue uh, specialty care uh, out in the community. Uh, so yeah, if you. You know, if you're being treated for cancer, uh, that that might actually be treated off campus anyway, uh, and um, and might in, in your physician might be one of those uh, physicians who actually um, are partnering with the yes. VA. Well, thanks, Jeff, for joining us today. Uh, it was great to hear your stories. Uh, we love to hear stories like yours from veterans uh, here in the Southwest Ohio region. And thank you for all that you do for the veterans in our community.
1: Oh, well, thank you very much for having me. It is was, was my pleasure.
3: This is a message from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. VA Video Connect, VA's secure app for video visits, allows veterans to meet with VA health care providers on a smartphone, computer, or tablet. Veterans can invite up to five guests, such as a caregiver or family member, to attend their visit. Learn more by going to telehealth.va.gov. That's telehealth.va.gov.
4: The Dayton VA changed my life. There was a time I was jobless and homeless, didn't know where to turn for help. I felt like there was no hope for me. Then I learned about the Dayton VA. They helped me find the help I needed to get back on track. I received support, got a job, found a place to live. I got my life back. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet, and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. To enroll, call 937-268-6511, extension 5336, or visit dayton.va.gov.
0: We wanna say thanks again to our special guests for taking time today to share their story. We truly enjoy hearing stories from veterans from across the region and learning more about how they found care through the Dayton VA Medical Center. And as always, we wanna thank our listeners for joining us and remind them if they are a veteran and are not enrolled, to enroll with the Veterans Health Administration to receive healthcare benefits through the Dayton VA Medical Center. It's easy and it doesn't cost a thing. You just need to be a veteran. The simplest way to start enrollment is to call our Enrollment and Eligibility Office at 937 268-6511 extension 4105. They can schedule an appointment for you to come to the Dayton campus or help make an appointment at one of the surrounding community-based outpatient clinics located at Springfield, Richmond, Lima and Middletown. Again, that number is 937-268-6511 extension 4105. Veterans may also enroll by visiting www.choose.va.gov slash health. While there, you can choose from applying online, or by phone, or by mail. It's just that simple, really. As I said before, it doesn't cost a thing to apply. So what are you waiting for? Call us today. Or, if you know of a veteran who is not enrolled, have them call to start taking advantage of this benefit. If you're a veteran, it's your VA, sign up today. Join us again for another episode of My VA Dayton with the Dayton VA Medical Center. Our episodes drop the 1st and 15th of each month. I'm Scott Lease with your co-host Greg Tucker. Thanks again for listening to My VA Dayton.